Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and this is episode 31. Thanks for joining us this week. And if you're reading through the Bible with us, uh, we spent the whole week in the prophet Jeremiah. And joining us this week uh, in our conversation are Bailey Ferris and Eli Vaughn. And I'm really excited about this conversation because here's two uh, young adults. They're, they're college students. They, they both have jobs. They're both serving in ministry and just hearing their passion for the Lord and their insight as they read scripture um, is, is really a beautiful thing. So, so stay tuned and join us in this conversation. Bailey and Eli, welcome. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. Yeah. Eli, this is uh, your second time Yes. Is that right? Second time. On, on the podcast. It's been a while, though. It has. Yeah. So thanks for, for coming back. Yeah. Uh, just to to remind folks of kind of your stage of life, your college student. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And working and... Yeah. Get to uh, be involved here at yeah. the river with uh, the worship ministry and the college ministry. So yeah. really love getting to do that. Cool. Bailey, this is your first time. It is. Uh, and so... We'd love for you to just share with us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you're doing in life right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am a rising junior at Trevecca in Nashville, um, studying to get a degree in business management. And cool. I get to each week love and serve with teenagers. And also I'm part of the college ministry. And so it's been sweet to get to uh, just watch these young teenagers and these friends, but also in the college ministry, mm-hmm. just really dig deeper into the community we have yeah. here in Cookville. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about both of you guys uh, being college students, young adults, you know, you're not teenagers anymore. And um, thinking about your faith, my question for you is, what are some of the things that helped you transition from, oh, this is kind of my parents' faith or or maybe it's just something that's kind of passive in my life, like it's there, I go to church, I do all these things. What helped you guys transition from that to this is your own faith and I am actively pursuing my walk with Jesus? I think I would have to say um, I've seen the faithfulness of God in trials and in hard times. And so mm. when I've um, walked through those harder seasons uh, myself personally or a family or whatever that is, I've been able to like testify and see the goodness of his grace and his love and that when I was younger and it, I grew up going to church I grew up in a charged family you could say mm-hmm. and I am thankful for that but not until honestly I'd say upper teens did I like yeah. truly like long for that relationship because I knew that I was very much seeking for anything I could to find identity or to find just that peace in each situation and then once I realized that I needed to turn to him for that peace and then I found that peace in him it's like ever since it's like I can't go anywhere else to find that peace Uh because I know Uh I'm not going to be fulfilled like I was back then and even now to this day in the good and the bad yeah thanks for sharing that yeah and and you 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 guys had a pretty big move 
at a pretty critical time and you were in high school, right? We did. We yeah. I moved three, four times, I'm trying to remember, in my high school oh, wow. time frame. So yeah. we were with family for a few years up in Virginia. So at least when we were up there, we didn't, we still didn't know anyone. We knew mm-hmm. family, but yeah. we had family. But then we moved to Cookville um, from Virginia when I was in high school and not knowing anyone came to yeah. Cookville. And my, I am very thankful. I finally decided to come to Collision. I talked about it for probably six <laughs> months when I was yeah, a rising senior. At the river, yeah. And I ended up coming one night, and I'm thankful I did, but also I wish I would have come sooner because yeah. I pushed it off for many months. But that community, I've seen it was important, and I'm thankful for this community because yeah. now, four years later. Sure. Yeah. It's been fun to see see you grow into the the young lady that you are now and, you know, and even the influence you have on others, coming in, being the... Being the new kid, right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I remember being, when you first started coming. Yeah, it so was definitely nerve yeah. wracking walking in. I, I was. Yeah. Um, I remember my mom was working, and my uh, dad walked me in. I was like, I we went to the wrong side. We went to the midweek <laughs> side. I was yeah. at childcare. I was like, uh, this I'm a little older than this. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember Miss Christy McKenzie. She was like, Oh, honey, we're down on the other side, and yeah. she and so. I, it's been a very big blessing, but also yeah. it was very, also nerve wracking to sure. take that step. And but you were brave and yeah. you, you jumped in there and now you're yeah. leading others mm-hmm. and you notice, you notice the, the, the younger teenagers that might've been <laughs> in the same place that, that you were yeah. a few years ago and you're leading in that. So that's really cool to see. Yeah. I love seeing their braveness and their boldness to come and step yeah. out too. So mm. That's cool. Eli, how about you? Mm. Well, I'd say, of course, I've grown up my whole entire life hearing about Jesus. And for that, like, I'm so grateful. And that's not everybody's story. And I'm realizing that now. And so I think the longer I live, the more appreciative of that I become. Mm. And I would say probably big part of the way I learned to take this thing and make it my own was... Uh, we moved several times or a couple times and yeah. um, <laughs> a couple of big moves. <laughs> yeah. Some really big moves and yeah. like learning that like either this is my parents saying, and that's what it felt like for a long time. It's like, okay, this is just my parents saying we moved because they felt like that was where God was calling them. So like that was, that was their thing. Um, but then learning to be like, wait, I'm here with them. So this can be my thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have just as much influence in a different way than they do over mm-hmm. the people that we're trying to reach. So um, that's probably one of the the biggest shifts in my thinking um, before we moved back. So we moved back here and I began to take on roles of leadership and um, people began to give me opportunities um, to lead, not just like musically, which is a big part of my story, but also um, relationally and people began to look up to me and I didn't even feel like people should look up <laughs> to me. Why are you looking, like, up, to you, yeah. are you looking yeah. up to me? Man, I feel like that and all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, a lot of it was like, well, I, I guess I was like, if I'm going to be worth following, then I need to make sure I'm following the right mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's interesting how the Lord took that feeling of obligation to like, well, I guess I should like look into this and make sure I'm, worth my marbles, you know? Um, (laughs) 
he took those intentions of my heart that were not necessarily whole and full and he made them into the desire to follow him and like it began with i want to want you lord Mm. and he took that and made it into now i just want you lord so yeah made me think of um paul says it to the corinthians he says follow me or imitate me as i imitate christ as i follow christ and I think for many years in my in my young adult life um, and my adult life, and I had kids, and I always struggled with that. Like, man, that that seemed a little presumptuous to say, "Hey, follow me as I follow Christ." Yeah. But but now I feel like no, I'm like I want to step into that. Yeah, I want to embrace that mm-hmm. uh, because you know, I've come to this point in my life where. I can't imagine any other life than following Jesus. Yeah. And I don't always get it right. <laughs> In fact, I'm off at the, man, I thought I was, you know, I thought I was beyond this point, yeah, right. you know? Uh, but, but I think I can say to people around me, Hey, it's okay. Follow, follow me as I follow Christ, you know, and I'm going to let you down, but know that I'm going to get back up and I'm yeah. going to yeah. keep following. So that's cool. Thanks for, sharing that both of you um so all of our reading for this week has been in jeremiah um we we started at the beginning and and i wanted just as we jump into our discussion and talk about what jumped out to you guys i just want to read uh just the first maybe first five verses of jeremiah says these are the words of jeremiah son of hilkiah one of the priests from the town of Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. The Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, 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 Ammon. Sorry. (laughs) These, some of these names are just crazy. Amen. Uh, Amen. Ammon, King of Judah. Uh, The Lord's message continued throughout the reign of King Jehoiakim, Josiah's son, until the 11th year of the reign of King Zedekiah, another of Josiah's sons. In August of that 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. And the Lord gave me this message. This is Jeremiah now saying, the Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So this is how we meet Jeremiah. We learn some things about him, and uh, we learn a lot of the about the timeline. So I was just wondering, uh, just in this that specific opening, uh, where's your brain going as you start reading uh, the prophet Jeremiah? And the reason I ask that question is because I've read through it before, and I don't think that I read it with quite the eye that I'm reading with this time. And there are a lot of things that are like just pinging in my brain as I'm reading it. Uh, I think the, I think the last time I read through the Bible, when I was reading through Jeremiah, I was like, Oh, I just want to get through this, you know, dense. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but this time around, like, Oh my goodness, look at this. Why didn't I see this before? You know? So in this, in this introduction, um, that we have here, um, what's, what's going off in your, in your brain just to begin with. Jeremiah is, a prophet called to be a prophet, but he's also a priest. Mm. Um, so that means he's like in the temple, he's in the presence of God and he's doing these things. And I think we see that throughout his book here of the way he relates to God on behalf of people yeah. and the mm-hmm. way that yeah. um, he 
is me- almost being a mediator. Yeah, he I definitely think takes word. that role on, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. of like, and it sh- just shows um, the role of lamenting as well. Like he laments for his people, and he's like, mm. "Oh, my people, my dear people." Like he uses language like that, and he's representing hoping to represent the brokenness of the people to God. And then he's also representing God to the people, which is what a priest does. It's like this dual role in my head. That's what I see. So I think it's interesting to see Jeremiah step into that role, unlike any other prophet we've seen up to this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was cool to see in verse five when it's talking about, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. Um, Jeremiah, the Lord, he, the Lord knows each one of us. He knows the num- the number of hairs on each one of our heads, but he was intentional of saying, I knew you before you were formed in the womb, that mm-hmm. he set Jeremiah apart for a purpose. And Jeremiah was willing, even in the heaviness of this role in the mission of going to the Israelites and being this messenger for the Lord, but he still was willing to go and do this for the Lord to yeah. go and say yes, even though and his even throughout Jeremiah, when we get to see like his suffering and the pain that he endures for the people of um, Judah, because they're not repenting, they're not lamenting because they're not turning away from the idols that they have created. But he is still faithful mm-hmm. to the Lord. He still is. I mean, the Lord said, I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah took that seriously. Yeah. And I think it's a beautiful reaction or reflection to see him working and being the Lord in this moment for yeah. the people of yeah. Judah. I just did a quick look through Isaiah and God never calls Isaiah by name, but he calls Jeremiah by name hmm. several mm-hmm. times. Interesting. I just cool. think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Um, one of the things that's jumping out to me there is that language. He's, the Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. It makes me think of uh, Psalm 139 yeah. mm-hmm. and, and David's language there. And and here's here's the thought. I, I just had it just, just sitting here as we're talking. You know, sometimes when we hear the Lord, we hear him through the scriptures, right? Yeah. And like he impresses these things on our heart. And sometimes when we hear the Lord, it's his spirit speaking into our heart and our mind. And so I'm just wondering here, as Jeremiah hears this message, he's like, this is the message from the Lord. Jeremiah, I, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And I wonder if it's, he was just there and God gives him this this vision and speaks into his heart. Or if he's really spending time in the scriptures. Yeah. yeah. He's like reading Psalm 139 and he's reading that and he just felt the impression of the Lord, but I'm setting you apart for this, yeah. you know, it's neither here nor there. And we don't have right. the answer to that, but it just made me think of, about the way that the Lord speaks to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of cool. Eli, you and I were talking about, um, about Jeremiah earlier in mm-hmm. the week before we, uh, before we recorded this. And, uh, uh, one thing you brought up, which has sent me on a little bit of a rabbit trail was, <laughs> uh, Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests, and uh, Hilkiah is also the name of the priest that finds the law, right? Yeah. With with Josiah. Josiah. Yeah. And this is all the same timeline. And so the question is, is this the same guy? Yeah. So the the priests and the king, they find the law, uh, which was have probably been like what we know as the first five books of the mm-hmm. of the Old Testament. They find it. 
apparently no one's been reading it, no one's been following it. They find it and they get really excited for it. They have it read in front of all the people, in front of the king, and they repent and and lament. And so the question then that Eli, you brought up, is this the same guy? Yeah. And the implications of that. Yeah. If it is the same guy, that's awesome. But I think that the implication is still the same of like they found mm-hmm. the, 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 the scroll, I guess they're scrolls, like the books of the law. And like they found them and Josiah like initiates these reforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do the math, I think it's like four years after they find the law is when Jeremiah starts prophesying. And so like keeping that in mind, I'm thinking especially, especially of um, the book of Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. And if you see like all of this language that Jeremiah uses, all of the phrasing and everything and like writing the word on your heart and circumcising your heart, like that's mm-hmm. all Deuteronomy language. Yeah. Like even um, later, later on in Jeremiah's call, verse 10 in chapter one says, uh, know for certain that I hereby give you the authority to announce to nations and kingdoms that they will be uprooted and torn down, destroyed and demolished, rebuilt and firmly planted. It's cool to see the contrast of uprooting, but I'm going to plant you too, or like destroy and I'm mm. going to rebuild mm. you. Um, that's cool. And it's all in the context of Deuteronomy and the terms of the covenant that God gives them. Right. And like chapter six and seven of Deuteronomy. And he talks about how, like if you if you don't follow me, then these are the things that are going to happen. But if you do follow me, like I'm going to bless you for the other nations, like for the for the purpose of my name being known yeah. among the other nations. Right. Coming to grips with that this week, I've just thought a whole lot about you know we say that God is a covenant keeping God, um, and we love the implications of that in the context of the promise, the mm-hmm. promise keeper, and everything. But for God to keep His covenant means that He has to bring judgment on the people that that. When that covenant's broken. When, the, mm. when they break the covenant. Yeah. And it doesn't negate the love and the mercy of God at all. In fact, like you can't have the love and mercy of God if you don't have the justice and mm-hmm. the fact that like, man, the, we are rebellious, <laughs> rebellious and stubborn. Like that's yeah. something you pointed out earlier. It was just that language of rebellious and stubborn hearts. They're stubborn and rebellious heart or stubbornly following their own evil desires, right? Yeah. yeah. And... How can God's love and mercy be known if that is rampant in the world, you know? Yeah. 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 In my study of trying to figure out if Hilkiah is the same guy, mm-hmm. um, they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So it could be or it may not be, you know. It's just like there's there's plenty of people with the name Eli today, <laughs> you yeah. know, right? Yeah. So just assuming because it's there that it's the same guy uh, does it. But it's kind of a cool thought. You know, it's so maybe Jeremiah caught the zeal of the Lord from his, from his dad, Yeah, you know, uh, who's a priest, uh, or it may just, like you said, it doesn't matter because the king and the priest at that time, once they, they found the law of the Lord and the word of the Lord, they, they got excited about it Yeah, and they, and they brought reform and they brought hope and they brought life, you know? And so mm-hmm. he was definitely a product of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the big question I always ask folks as we uh, as we're here and and talking about what we've read is what's really jumping off the page to you. Now some of that I think Eli you just shared, but I, yeah. I'm sure there's other things. Bailey, what's what's jumping off the page to you? I think through these chapters of Jeremiah in this past week that have been reading of one of the biggest things that have just stuck out is the um, 
Israelites just constantly taunting away, constantly just not wanting to recognize or be aware of the judgment that's going to come if they if they don't repent, if they don't turn. Um, but with that, Jeremiah's response of, I mean, he's called the weeping prophet. And for anyone that knows me, like I can cry at anything. And so that just like, <laughs> I think about that and I'm like, when I'm in a moment or in a situation and I become emotional and mm. crying or whatever that is, like I tend to draw back. I'm like, I need time to like sit and be and like sit in those emotions. Yeah. But Jeremiah was still like the weeping prophet. I mean, he says I'm broken in verse 21. I am broken by the brokenness of my dear people. I mourn. And then in chapter nine, verse 10, it says, I will raise weeping and a lament over the mountains. And mm. it's like, even still through that, even in his weeping, he still longs for this restoration of the people of Judah. Yeah. It's like he was still longing for that because he was on this mission and this journey for God. And he wasn't like, even though he got to points in this mission and this journey that he was like, I, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. This is, it's heavy and it's a lot and it is heavy. I was sharing that, that I yeah. was reading it and it was, it <laughs> definitely laid heavy. Yeah. It was, it took a moment to sit and just ponder and realize that even though it looks very different now that the idols don't look the same, but there's still so many paralleling features that like in my day-to-day life and just in the world and the culture that we live in of how constantly turning away from the Lord's way and his longing for my life and for my friends' lives Mm -hmm. and for my family's lives. And it's like seeing that and still being willing in the weeping and in the pain and the heartbreak Mm -hmm. to still be willing to be like, I have a reason to continue. I have a reason to continue to share this, um, the Lord's love, his grace, his mercy, because it's never failing. Yeah. And you really in that see, Eli, like you mentioned that priestly aspect of Mm -hmm. Jeremiah. Yeah. It's not as much the prophet, you know, because I get this, get this picture of the prophet is, you know, here it is. Yeah. You broke the covenant. Here's the consequences. Deal with it. But here's the hope. Yeah. You know, that's, the, I see the prophet's message, but the priestly role is I'm broken Yeah. for these people, you know, that are my people, that are my. That nurturing was my like. My countrymen. Yeah. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't just trying to get them to turn from that sin, from the idolatry. He was wanting, he longed for their souls to turn away from that he didn't want to just them just to turn away from it and just to be like god i got them to turn away from that i brought them back into your presence he truly wanted their lives and their um reflection of him to for their face to turn back to him compassionate also he was very compassionate but he was very intentional that he wasn't giving up on the people mm-hmm. of judah even though it became hard yeah and you see so much of like I'm just thinking of the way Jesus came onto the scene and like represented all these prophets in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see he's lamenting over people, but these are the same people that are plotting to kill him and like yeah. later on throw him into yeah. a well mm-hmm. and like, and can, he gets kidnapped at one point too. Um, I just, I see so much of um, who Jesus calls us to be in that, like the, the, mm-hmm. the people who love and lament for our enemies, like, 
man, if you only knew. As Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, yeah. said he wept. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, he was broken over the people. And then those same people in a little bit would, would praise him, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna. Uh, and then they'd kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. That's a very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I had noted that too. Like, um, and I think it's in Matthew and Luke as well. Uh, Jesus is about, he's at some point in the book and in those books, it switches from, and Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. Cause, and like mm-hmm. in my head, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so he knows he's going to die. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And right before he enters the city, he laments and weeps over it. And, right. and like, and that's where my head went when we started Jeremiah this week was like, he's like, Jesus has that in mind Yeah. when he's, weeping for his people mm. and he's like Jerusalem I long for you to be gathered under my wings like a mother gathers yeah. his hens the, mm. j- the chicks it's just cool to see Jesus um, tying together all these threads that we see um, into a, a picture of who God really is and who um, Jesus is for us if you guys could could maybe sum up what you what you've read this week uh with one word or one like thought or phrase, what would you say? The question that keeps coming to my mind. So I guess it's more of a phrase than a word, but um, it's like, where are you planted? Jeremiah uses a lot of this language from Deuteronomy. And um, there's a lot of parallels with some of the things he says. Um, I'm thinking specifically of chapter 17, where he talks, he uses language from uh, Psalm chapter one, that talks about um, those who delight in the law of the Lord are are like trees who are planted beside the waters and they bear their fruit and their time and their leaves are always green. Um, a lot of that is the same language and um, being planted in the words of the Lord and the promises of God, like that's, that's the thing that produces its fruit. And one that's encouraging because it means that it, even if I, I'm still delighting in the Lord, but like, I'm not seeing the fruit, but the fruit Mm -hmm. comes in its season and Mm -hmm. the Lord's the one that brings that harvest. And so I guess it would be where you planted. Yeah. Yeah. That passage you mentioned in Jeremiah 17, it says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Bailey, what about you? I've been thinking and just reflecting on what I've read this week. Um, one of the main things that I feel like I've constantly gone back to is just being connected to the living water, kind of like what you were just getting at in a way and the life that flows from that. Yeah. And in... Um, Jeremiah too is talking about how they had abandoned him, the fountain of living water. And then further along in Jeremiah in chapter 17, um, for those who follow the Lord, he would be like a tree planted by the water. It sends its roots out toward a stream. It doesn't fear when the heat comes and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. Mm. And a Psalm that Eli was reading earlier was Psalm 
1, and it was talking about how uh, Psalm 1 verse 2 says, Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams, and it bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. I think I've just gone back to uh, for myself, but also just thinking of the people of Judah that this fountain of living water that when we find ourselves there, that's the fruit. Fruit is produced when we are connected to, it's going back to um, John fifteen five, like where you are the um, branch and he's the vine. It's like mm-hmm. when we are connected, that fruit's going to come yeah. from that. And it's being intentional of like ensuring that we are by the streams Stay connected. of water, we're yeah. staying connected, mm-hmm. but also that um, with that in Jeremiah, I've loved like the imagery of in the wilderness and then like in the desert, it's just like dry and it's just like dead. And then like in the imagery of Psalm and then in the comparison in Jeremiah later in that same chapter, it's like flowing streams and it's green. And it's mm-hmm. like, I just imagine like a garden and it's like beautiful. Yeah. And so it's like, that's my heart's desire. And that's like the desire that I would hope for like my friends to have as well of like wanting to be connected to that because we have this beautiful garden and this, just the peace and the beauty that is in this green luxurious pasture. It makes me think of the (laughs) green pastures and it's just connecting all of the beautiful like imagery so well of Mm -hmm. staying connected to him. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Such great, uh, thoughts that we uh, talk through. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you're in Cookville and looking for a church home, we'd love to invite you to come out and you can check out more about us at theriverCC.com. Thanks and join us next time on The Word This Week. Mm